Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The cold weather is here, and it's time for another... What? Finally. (laughs) Finally, the cold weather's here, and it's time for another episode. Episode 26, I think we're at now. Yep, 26. Yeah, man, and we're we're glad to have you with us, and uh, we are are trying to balance a very busy work-slash-hunting-slash-podcast balance, and uh, we're not doing a very good job at it. (laughs) No, we're not. We're not. Um... (laughs) Hunting seasons, you know, I've been hunting, what, I've been probably nine times in the past seven or eight days or so. Yeah, like you, days, you've been burning days. it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been hunting pretty good. Pretty good. No horns yet. Still hadn't, for some reason, seen any horns, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it, I, we had Veterans Day weekend coming. It was a three-day weekend for me, and I ended up coming down with a chest cold, and I only got out one daggum day, and honestly, I shouldn't have done it. It was a stupid idea, and uh, I ended up getting blown by some does behind me, and they came in at last light, and I could hear them walk in, and then all of a sudden, sure enough, the wind swirls. That's that's the most annoying thing about hunting in the south is the wind is so dadgum inconsistent. It was pretty good today. Was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, good for you, man. If you can find a consistent wind, that helps out a lot, but everywhere I hunt, well... I shouldn't say that. Most places I hunt, that wind swirls a, a fair amount. So, Well, today we're, we're going to kind of give you another little season update we have, and then we're going to discuss a topic that a listener has asked for. Um, I didn't tell that to Leighton before we started this, but that actually is a question that was asked in one of our live videos here recently. Kind of how we shift from early season bow hunting to it's time for the rut and the tactics that go behind that. Um so, I think that'll be interesting. But before we get to that, uh, we'd like to acknowledge our partners of this podcast. First and foremost, it's the Wild Edge Incorporated. They have been with us since the beginning. They're an incredible tree stand climbing system. If you haven't already, please give them a view, www.wildedgeinc.com. And last but not least, our last sponsor, Bowhunter Box Club. My box came in today. Your box did come in yesterday. Okay, well, you told me today. You're a liar. But anyways. You texted um, me at 10 o'clock last night. You know I'm asleep. <laughs> uh, anyways, 
www.bowhunterboxclub.com. They are an incredible product. Uh, it's a bow hunter box just for you. I know what's in the box. Leighton doesn't. Yeah, I was um, going to ask you. You know what's in my box yet? I do. I do. But Do uh, I need it before Illinois? Maybe. <laughs> Great. Maybe. Yeah, so you'll have to come down here and uh, bring me my check, and uh, we'll do a live video opening your box for your birthday. Yeah, good luck. There you I, go. I'm, I'm leaving at like 2 o'clock tomorrow if we're going, and i got to work till lunch, so good luck with that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, give them a look. If you're, if you're interested, you want to know more, go to www.bowhunterboxclub.com. Great to have him sponsoring this podcast. Um, well, buddy, I, I've already uh, kind of summarized since we last recorded what, what's going on in my neck of the woods. But uh, what, what are you seeing, rut activity? How, you know, kind of give us a, a rundown of what you're seeing there in South Georgia. Well, a few big deer have been killed on some of these bigger plantations um, over the past, I don't know, five days, six days. Um, some good deer, 140s, 145s, um, 130s, decent deer. Um, my end, last Thursday, was it that I texted you that I went hunting on the river and seen that funky, funky, funky nine point he had five on one side and then he came up and did like a crab claw with like three little points that were only like two inches long on his left side um and i think i seen five or six does they are cruising that buck he was probably three and a half years old so plenty old enough to breed and you know he was gonna fight obviously he'd get right. beat by a bigger deer but um but he didn't give me but about 30 seconds in the food plot and then he was over there checking a pollen for about 10 seconds so i mean i had about a you know I don't know, 45, 50 seconds to really look at him. And he just kept moving. Um, and that was that was Thursday, Friday, something like that. Um, and, you know, the does are kind of starting to act a little skittish. They're starting to knock their yearlings off. Um, Saturday, you I know, went and I seen... Go uh, ahead. Sorry. Go, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I noticed uh, the same thing on my, on my place there in Florida was... Uh, they we had does that were kind of kicking their youngins uh, with their back legs. I got that on camera. I'll see if I can find those photos. I got twelve thousand photos to go through, and but I did see that. And I meant to tell you that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they um they've started really starting to knock their does off. I mean their yearlings off. Um, mm-hmm. That was like today. The the yearlings stayed a good this afternoon. Most of the yearlings stayed a good 50, 60 yards away from the bigger does out in the food plot feeding. They came out with each other, but then they really spread off. And you could tell the 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 two-year-old does, three-year-old does went to one side of the food plot, and the younger deer came to the other side of the food plot. Um, and then I had a spike come in and start making them act a fool chasing them and aggravating me because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't move at that point because he's running deer all around me. Um but a crazy thing happened today for the first time ever. I had does doing circles and running, literally running circles in the food plot. I don't know if they were happy because the cold weather showed up or cool weather showed up or or what the deal was. But they were acting a fool. I, call, I was texting Walt. <laughs> texting text him and said, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll call you when I get down. I got to go. And uh, <laughs> they were acting a little crazy because I was sitting out in the, in the wide open. I couldn't do a lot of moving. And then another crazy thing I had happen today, kind of a Actually, I think it is a first. I had a doe come bed down 25 yards from me on a chop lane because we're hunting on a, on a plantation. And um, she'd sit there and look at me and wouldn't pay me any mind and just sit there and she'd just bed it down for 20 minutes. And she'd get up, go eat, come bed back down for 20 minutes. 
I don't know if she's in heat trying to hide or, or what the deal is, but she kept herself separated from all the rest of the deer all night. Um, I don't know why, but like I said, I, I think she might be coming into heat um, because, like I said, she stayed way away. She stayed a good 80, 90 yards away from all the rest of the deer, and none of the deer went over there and messed with her. Um, I also seen a crazy thing. I seen six raccoons come out in the food plot, play for an hour, and then the deer came out, and then the little deer started playing with the raccoons. I've seen it before, but that was just kind of cool to, yeah. to see see this afternoon. But uh, we hunted uh, Saturday. Four people hunted Saturday morning, and six or seven people hunted uh, Saturday night, and we seen a total of 60, 70 deer all day Saturday. So, I mean, they, they are moving. Um, mm-hmm. But... Big deer, we've seen some, some of the folks seen a couple, you know, three-year-old eights. Um, nothing big yet. Um, big deer on camera, but just not, I don't know. It, it Normally by now somebody's seen a good deer, but the weather just hasn't been very cooperative either um, for us. But who knows? Probably the next, in the next week, somebody will kill something or at least see mm-hmm. some good deer because, pretty sure everybody's coming down for thanksgiving i think there'll be four or five people hunting all week thanksgiving so somebody's gonna kill a deer um in that week most definitely with that absolutely many people in the well woods. that many people there it starts to stir things up a little bit and get get stuff moving yeah um and like i said today if i get to, if i go to illinois i'm gonna tell dad to hunt where i was hunting because if i don't if i don't go to illinois i'm gonna hunt that stand every afternoon um, and probably a couple mornings for the next four or five days if the wind's right. In the mornings, it doesn't really affect it too much, but um, but in the afternoons, it does. But it was a perfect wind this afternoon. I was telling Walt that I couldn't even get out. I had to I think I didn't call him until <laughs> like 630. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I had to finally just run the deer out of the food plot. I couldn't get them to, to leave the food plot. They didn't care. Um, so that's kind of my, my real quick update that uh, – you know, it's kind of been going on. Not seeing a whole lot of movement, but I am seeing some cruising, and I am seeing some does start to get a little, little skittish, which is what I like to see. Yeah, this time of year, definitely, definitely. Well, and it, it's starting to kind of shift things a little bit. You know, you're going to start to see things change uh, a touch as times go on. So I think, I think it's interesting. You know, I've I've been hesitant. I've told you this. I don't think I've told everybody this else this, but or the listeners that is, I've been a little hesitant about doing these weekly updates because I feel like they can get kind of redundant. But I think what it's really going to do, I'm actually quite happy that we're doing them because I think it's going to start to chronicle what we're seeing, when we're seeing it, and that will help people around us kind of gauge what they're seeing because we have a lot of southeastern hunters. But then on top of that, this is going to provide us the ability to go back one day and say. You know, wasn't it like December when we started seeing that movement? No, no, it was back in November. You know, right, um, right. I mean, this is this is the time that I've I've killed. Actually, today, tomorrow, today through the nineteenth, when I've killed my three biggest deer, um, on by 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 yearly years. Meaning, I shot last year. I'm probably not going to shoot this year. <laughs> it's just my just my luck. But um, technically, it's my year, isn't it? Yeah, it is your year. Yeah, um, but you know that's that's just like I said, that's my luck, and you know we'll we'll see if if I don't go to Illinois, it'll be a test, a real test, because our weather's going to be forty, seventy, 
um, pretty much through, it looks like, next week. Um, so if I don't well, get to... Well, let, let, me, let me pick your brain a little bit. Um, are you... You're sticking with the gun. Yeah, till I kill one. Okay. Okay. So this is probably a good place for us to segue a little bit. Um, and I've been sitting here thinking about it, and I think it's going to be interesting. I think folks are going to kind of see that the way that you and I hunt is incredibly different, but incredibly similar at the same time. And that being that you and I, our style kind of swaps right about now. What you were doing preseason, I'm now doing for the rut. And it's just interesting how those two philosophies have paid paid off for us in the past. Why don't you kind of uh, divulge a little bit? You know, we've been, we've been talking to a lot of people. We've been talking a lot of, we've been doing primarily a lot of bow hunting. Um, right. I've actually been pick uh, having the hankering to shoot one with the muzzleloader here recently. I don't know why. Um, uh, well, I do know why. I put it in for a muzzleloading quota hunt, and I thought, you know, that area is pretty wide open. I'm not going to be able to sneak up on a deer. It's a lot of open space, so I'll probably need the muzzleloader. But anyways, um, my thinking being, why don't we? You can you can start because I feel like this is going to be kind of interesting on your end. Um, for everybody who's new joining us, you hunt private land, a mm-hmm. very big chunk of land. What is it, 1,400 acres? Yeah, 1,250, something 12, like 1,500 acres. So it's a it's a large chunk of uh, largely unpressured property. What did you do early season that you're not doing now and vice versa? What do, what are you doing to for the for the shift? Now, now since I've kind of really pretty much went full gun until I kill one with my gun, um, I've kind of went to where the does are, which are the food pots um, right now. Because it's it's just getting that time of year where they start hitting the food plots hard. Like this food plot, for example, today had 13 deer in it. And five of them were breeder does. Six of them were breeder does. Um, what do you mean? When you say breeder doe, what do you mean by that? Mature does. Like, you know, going to be bred within the next three two, months. Two, two and a half two, and older. Two and a half and older, yeah. Okay. Two, two and a half okay. and older. Um, and I've just kind of went to where the does are. I'll probably hunt some bottoms. If I don't get to go to Illinois, I'll slide back down in some bottoms and try to, you know, rattle and grunt. Um, try to maybe bring one in close that way. And then I just, right now, I just like <coughs> like the hunt open areas because they're cruising right now. They're still not quite chasing. They're cruising and they're looking. And I like to be able to see four, five, six hundred yards in some cases just to see what's going on because i mean i'm kind of kind of struggling with the fact that i haven't seen anything over a you know anything decent yet so i've completely done a 360 from what i was doing which was staying down in the bottoms now i'm up on the top you know where i can see like i said 600 yards just to see if i can catch something moving um just because it's kind of frustrating that I, i haven't seen anything with horns yet you know, with decent horns, at least a, a three-year-old eight or something, I haven't seen that deer. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm just kind of going now to where I know the does are. Your big bucks primarily, I mean, I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot, but primarily your big, big deer aren't going to run out in that food plot. I'm just trying to get an inventory of what's cruising around a food plot or get lucky and catch one chasing. Whenever they go to hard chasing, I'll move back down to the bottoms. Um, a lot of people say, well, go to food plots because that's where your does are going to be. They'll be chasing out in the middle of the field. My luck and my experience has shown me that on this particular place, your big deer stay in the bottoms because there's so many does. 
They don't have to come out in the food plots. They'll pick a doe and, and, and won't let her come out of the bottoms at all. Um, and I just picked up on that about three years ago in this place, and it's it's worked out pretty well. Um, Dad's killed a bunch of big deer, though, in food plots. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of right place, right time, I guess. Um, and it depends on how cold it gets. If we get a couple hard frost within the next month, then yeah, they're going to be on those food plots because everything else has kind of died off. But, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm just, honestly, I'm just trying to see a deer. I'm just trying to see something cruising, see something doing something. Um, so you're, you're kind of, you're observation sitting basically. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I want to see if they're chasing yet. Yeah. You're, you're doing, you're taking inventory of your herd. You're kind of getting, you're sitting back in low impact stands where you're not likely to mess with their patterns or anything like that. If I'm, am I understanding you correctly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're hunting areas that are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not getting down in the house in their, in their bedding areas with them yet, but I will come the rut. Sure. Whenever I start really seeing some movement, then I'll get down in there with them just like I did last year. And just like I did whenever I killed my 13 point, um, I'll get down deep down in there with them and, and rattle and do a bunch of calling, which if I catch it the right day that, I mean, I've had days where I've rattled up four bucks down here, five bucks down here, which probably isn't a lot because up North I've rattled up a lot more deer than that. But for here, that's interesting because they, they primarily don't necessarily come to horns or anything like that sure. normally. Well, you know. I, I think, I think all those, those deals, <clears throat> when you say it's not a lot, I think, you're actually really underselling your effort because you're actually to to be able to rattle up four three to four deer in the south. That's quite an accomplishment. That uh, you know deer deer in Georgia and Florida they don't rea- react to rattling quite like not unless you catch them during that yeah you know that period I guess sure as you, as, you have as to be right say, on money yeah. and yeah 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 and and. I just, you know, don't undersell yourself. The ability that you can call four deer in—that's that's a great. I mean, I've been rattling. Uh, I have been one of those people who, when I do something, I do it with intent and I do it consistently until I get a obvious negative feedback. Okay, when you don't play the wind and the deer smells you, okay, that's an obvious ne- negative feedback. Don't do that again. But I've rattled consistently. I've never gotten. I've never spooked a deer off. Um, I've, I've rattled two bucks that I've seen. Uh, in fact, the biggest buck that I've ever encountered within bow range, I rattled in, in the swamplands of South Carolina mm-hmm. and that was on a graduation trip. And I rattled very aggressively on the last day. It was very, very cold. The rut was in full bore and I rattled and he came blowing out of the brush and I didn't know what to do <laughs> yeah that's what that's what happens i mean that, yeah, that's you know, that's what how I've do you how do you stop here. them how do you yeah it's i mean uh, i had them two years ago i can remember um in between knee surgeries i was rattling and here come a nine i mean this nine point came out of nowhere i mean he leaped 10 foot tall brush yep and i wasn't ready i wasn't paying attention hell i wasn't i was he scared me more than anything and i was sure, like oh sure. shit what do i do you know and and by that time he had seen me because I spun around to look at it, you know, to get the gun up. And by that time he'd seen me, and I, there goes the doe. And I called dad because <laughs> dad was hunting, ironically, right behind me about 600 yards. I said, Hey, there's a big nine or 10 coming right to you. And uh, he literally ran right under his ladder. And he was like, He'd already killed a, a big deer that year. He was like, No, nah, he ain't big enough. But he literally ran 
50 yards by his ladder. Wow. Um, and that, that was just funny because I literally, he hung up the phone and said, I see him coming. <laughs> and, you know, there he was. So that sure. was kind of, that was, that was just one of those afternoons, you know. And that was actually Thanksgiving week a couple years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, well, let, let me ask you this. Let me, uh, maybe push, push a little further into what you're saying. Um, when you say I, I'm going to get down in the bottoms, are you talking like just a, a low area with water? What, what tells no, you I'm that the bottom is a good really, spot? Really thick hardwoods with acorn mass and kind of the way the bucks tend to act on our place is these like i said there's so many does that they will get a doe down in a bottom which is super thick normal you know or sure it's not open by any means you know your farthest shot you may squeeze a hundred yard shot off if you're lucky and that's probably going to take another month before you can even do that um the the thick areas where they where you would tend to bow hunt is where i go during the rut on this place um because they just they just stay down in bottoms they just don't have to have to come out like i know we this is taking it way back eight years ago whenever we got this piece of property the group before shot it all up i mean they shot it to pieces uh, meaning that if it was brown mm-hmm. it got shot i mean i found a deer's leg that had spots on it i mean that's pretty pathetic um but that's beside the point it is what it is that year we planted me and dad got the whole place to ourselves we planted two food plots on the whole piece of property because that's all we had time to do this was back in the recession so 08 09 um and i'd have 35 40 deer literally come out on me in a night because that was the only food sources but also i was seeing 10 times as many bucks because they had shot it up so much the the two years prior that the bucks had to come out of the bottoms to chase the does because there wasn't as many does. Now, granted, gotcha. we've had plenty of water since then. We've had good drops since then, since we've taken the place over. It's just we've had to, you know, change up our hunting a little bit. Just because we do have this population back up to so many deer. Or or more does, I guess. But like I was saying tonight, I've seen three button bucks. Three button bucks for three, for three yearling does. So, I mean... The ratio's so-so. Um, but then, if you look at it on the big scale, I've seen six does to one spike. So, you know, the buck-to-doe ratio seems to be pretty close. There just may be a few more does than there needs to be. And me and we've always said that. We just can't, we just can't kill enough does every year. Um, there's just too many, and we just we can't kill that many does, as I would wow. like. I'm I'm hoping that next year I'll be able to afford at least a Georgia license and maybe I can come up there and help you with that problem a little bit. Maybe so. Because down here, man, the doe population is kind of limited. And with the doe days, it's quite frustrated. But So let me ask you this. When you go back to those bottoms, you're going to be taking the bow or you're going to take the gun? The gun until I kill them with the gun. I told you that. <laughs> okay, okay. Unless I get one, you know, on camera coming consistently. Have you thought about taking both? I have certain stands I can take. Yeah, both. yeah. That but, one, that one bottom I'm thinking about. You ought to have a daggum holder on each side of the, each side of the, the tree, the tree, and have one on each side. Yeah, there's, I know, there's I know a bunch of go, stands that I yeah. could take them both to. It's just it depends on how far I got to walk and and you know all that stuff. Sure. Um, 
just sure. how much stuff I got to carry in. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so on my side, it's a little interesting because, you know, before you told me, you know, what you thought this podcast should be about. And I immediately started thinking about it and it occurred to me, you and I do the exact opposite. Um, during bow season, I tend to target does specifically because just the chances of running into a buck down here, at least on the properties that I hunt. Um, yeah, I feel like I ought to throw this in there. I hunt public land. So, you know, the the big bucks are just not as likely to be moving around as they are on a 1,500-acre private spot. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I don't even go after the areas where I've identified good deer sign for bucks, buck sign, good buck sign. I go after does. And my, my main philosophy is get somewhere that's fairly open where I can see a good distance. And I start my surveying the very beginning of the season. I'm hoping I'm uh, I'm hunting relatively open areas, and by open areas I don't mean a field. I'm hunting like open pine bottom, uh, pine ridges, and stuff like that, where I can see a good distance, and I can kind of see where there's some good travel coming. Um, if I'm hunting on private land, I'll be hunting within proximity of some corn, and you know, or a bait pile or food plot where, um, you know. But I I never really hunt the destination. I did that the other day, the other Saturday, and I got busted, and I got really frustrated by that because, you know, a deer a deer checks the spot it wants to go to. Okay, so if you're if you in this my case, I was hunting a ridge that goes north to south, and 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 it goes north to south because there's a thicket on the far right, there's a ridge on the left, so the deer are going to naturally get funneled north to south. Well, my food my food pile was, um, you know in the middle of that ridge and I was hunting just off the middle of that. So, you know, even with the crosswind, when they get to where they're going, they're going to make a circle around that. They're going to fan out and make sure there isn't something that's supposed to be there. And I broke my rule and I should have hunted those, those, those trails. And that's typically my preseason, my, my early season tactic is I, I get in fairly open areas where I can observe one or more trails around me. And I get in there after those animals and, and I'm going after does. The funny thing is, my philosophy changes like yours. When you go to the open area, I'm back in those thick spots. Mm-hmm. My best luck, and I've only recently had consistent luck at this, and, and I noticed a pattern and I've applied it. My best luck always comes when I am going after a buck in some relatively thick spots. And by relatively, I mean most people on public land, I don't see in these spots. Because you can't see very far, you don't have really good shooting lanes, and... You're, you're, if you see a deer, it's probably going to be a buck. So there's going to be a lot of sits that you have where you don't see deer. Um, on, on that old farm that I used to hunt, I used to hunt 100 yards off the food plot on a trail that I found that ran absolutely perpendicular, or no, not perpendicular, parallel to that food plot. And when the does would come skirting the south side of that food plot, I got on camera that the bucks were right behind them feeding together, but they weren't going to go to that food plot. They stayed a hundred yards inside that food plot inside the trees. And that connection, you know, made a whole lot of sense to me. Um, so for me, I'm not going to the gun. Um, I mentioned earlier that I might on one of these, uh, muzzleloader hunts, if I get drawn for it, um, shout out to Mike for helping me get in those, uh, reapplication process. But if I get drawn for one of the muzzle letters, I'll go, but I'm starting to, my process, I've got, on that same trail where I have a food source, there is one lone trail that you have to really look to see, 
and it, it's got a couple big buck tracks down it. He's not using it very often. He's not using it probably daily, but he comes through there and he's making his rounds. And it's on the top side of a ridge that surrounds a food source. It's a food plot that we planted down at the bottom. It's an acorn ridge, and there's probably 50 feet in elevation change from the top of that ridge to the, to the bottom area. And I've hung up some cameras, and I've found trails, and I believe, and hopefully my trail cameras will help prove this for me next time I go and pull them, that that buck on certain winds is making a round around that ridge, around that bottom, and he's scent checking that whole area to make sure that uh, whatever's down there is what he wants down there, that there's no predators. And likewise, when it comes to the rut, he's going to hit that ridge, and when the wind comes up that ridge, he's going to be able to tell if there's a hot doe down there, and he never has to expose himself any which way at all. Right, um, right. So... My hunting is about to get real lonely and, um, yeah, real lonely. Not a whole lot of deer seen, but if I see one, there's a good chance I'm bringing them home with me. So, um, but again, for me, that's not going to really happen for another month. I've got another month before our rut probably shows the earliest signs of being any kind of reliable. Um, So that means you're not going to hunt for the next month, right? Probably. I'm probably going to focus on ducks this weekend. Derek's coming to town, so I'll focus on ducks. And then if, if I get drawn for... I, I Really, what it means is I'm not going to deer hunt until mid-December. Yes, because all the areas that I have to hunt are shut down uh, for quota hunts and then the private lands being shut down for the rut. So, I'm not probably... O'Clotney's I'm, shut down? Uh, yeah, O'Clotney's shut down. Shut down. Um shut down until the 10th of December. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, for me, my, my deer season is kind of on a, on pause, and I'll probably chase ducks for a couple weekends here, focus on on packing up the house for the move and some get some serious studying in, which would be nice. Um, but come the third week of December, that's probably when I'm going to start really uh, getting back in those bottoms. And trying to chase after those bucks. You know, if I get drawn for one of these public land deals, then I'll be in there for that too. And that'll, that'll you know, I'll be in there with the bow. Everybody else will be in there with the gun. But I'll be in there with the bow chasing some folks, uh, chasing some deer. And I've got some good spots for that. So I'm not upset about that at all. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to chase some ducks next weekend. Hopefully. What, what do you mean next weekend? Me and Brandon are going to probably chase some ducks next weekend. We'll oh, see. yeah. you got a nice little farm pond you're going to be hunting. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see how it all yeah. works out. There's probably 100 ringers on it right now. We'll see if it's cold weather pushes anymore. Um, I imagine it will, man. It's been pushing birds down here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people on the Ducks Unlimited app fighting with each other back and forth. One group putting out there that there's a bunch of birds. The other group uh, desperately trying to com- to to convince that those faults are fake. So Yeah, they are. Yeah, are they're fake. fake. No ducks. No ducks. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. It's dry down here. There's no water down here either. Nope, thank God. Those lakes are gonna be whew. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be low they're gonna be low this year. They weren't low last year, but they're gonna be low this year. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Last year we had a we had a bumper crop of rain compared to what we've had this go going around. Well we had a bunch of rain this summer, it just wasn't during the summer. It hasn't been for the last two months. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um last year we had more water than we knew what to do with. Yeah. until the the beginning of the second split and then everything started to get dry. Yeah, and then it got wet again. And then yeah. it got wet again. Yep. Yeah, because we about got stuck every time we went down there. 
every time we went down there. Walt had to wade through the mud and pull me through the mud on crutches and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I'm just, we'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll keep doing these updates and, and see kind of how it changes for me because it sounds like Walt ain't going to hunt much. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it should be, like I said, if I don't go to Illinois, I'm hunting hard because we don't have to work. I don't have to work again once we finish tomorrow. I won't have to work again until Monday, Tuesday, and then we're off through Thanksgiving. So, you know, I'll get to hunt eight or ten good times, mm-hmm. you know, weather permitting, if if uh, if we don't end up in Illinois. End up in sure. Illinois, I'm going to miss five or six days. But um, but we'll see. We'll see. It um looks like it could be looking pretty good pretty soon really does yeah yeah it does and you know you you never know what's going to happen maybe i'll find some place to hunt between now and then but you know my season runs through february 22nd so it's not the end of the world yeah you got another month on me yeah when ours goes out yeah so it's it's really not that that there were this it's really not that big a deal um you know, I, I put in for three different weekends between now and Christmas, and if I get drawn for one of them, well, you know, great. It, you know, because starting starting the second week of December, I can start hunting those spots again. So, you know, whether I get drawn for the quarter, you're not, or not gonna mess I'm, with the private land, any? No, we're gonna we're gonna we 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 put in some pretty good pressure trying to uh, get some does out of there. Uh, we're a little unsuccessful doing that. It was kind of a uh, thin season for sits to begin with but uh the landowner is going to go back in there for two for one more hunt and after that we're going to leave it be uh we're surrounded by that wma and the private land so mainly the wma so my, our thinking is if we leave oh, that place be, then there's a really good chance oh yeah yeah because the, the amount of photos already right. are, are going through the roof yeah, there's a lot of deer on that property, and the more the more pressure that goes on that on that that WMA, the more those yeah. deer are going to get pushed towards us. So, we we still don't, you know, you know how in the summertime you have that shift from those young bucks on camera to it's getting close mm-hmm. to the rut, and the big bucks come in and claim the spot, and you don't see the the young bucks anymore. We we haven't even yeah, seen. Yeah, and shift. ours are definitely. We've got some big deer showed up on camera, some real big deer. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, they're all at night, or ninety percent of them are at night, but. You never know. You don't ever know. No, no, and you know it's cool. It, it'll all work out. You know, duck season will get here. That'll be some good stories for us. Derek's coming <laughs> to town. I'm gonna have him kind of chronicle that set. I think that will be hysterical. Um, Derek is a one of a kind individual. He is incredibly passionate, um, very trusting, and uh, but you know you want to talk about somebody who just hits ate up with duck hunting and hunting in general, but mainly duck hunting. He went with me twice last year, and he bought shotgun and waders. And for the last three weeks, he's been he's been shopping for new for new decoys and all kinds of stuff. And um, you know, he he's coming down Thursday night. He'll get here at midnight. We're getting up at like five a.m. to get out there to find birds. We're gonna go check out some holes that we found on some public land, and and we will come home when we find birds. And uh, no doubt, between Derek and I, there'll be some some laughter and some funny stories to tell. So. But, uh, well, Bubba, how about we go ahead and wrap this up and uh, stick a fork in it. Um, I do want to tell everybody, thank you for the reviews that we've had. Uh, we've been having some great interaction here lately. 
Yeah, it, it, there's been some great feedback. And if there's ever something on the podcast that you'd like us to talk about or something that you, you know, I, one of the things that we t- I did a live feed uh, just here tonight and kind of asked everybody, what did you like about the podcast? And it seems like what we're providing y'all is what you want to hear. It seems like these storytelling uh, sessions and then kind of what we're seeing coupled with what we're doing differently and how we're progressing through this, it seems to be reaching out and grabbing a whole lot of y'all. So um, if there's something else you'd like added, just shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram. And a little bit of a teaser here. We're going to have a website coming out shortly. And I have been asked a fair amount lately if we're going to have apparel, hats, jackets, uh, cups, decals, stuff like that. The answer to that question is yes, we will. We just don't know when But I can't. We just don't know when yet. So we, our plan is to have... Now, well, decals we can do. Yeah, um, we could do cups too, my, technically. Yep, we could probably probably uh, range for some cups, but I can get you decals immediately. Um, so if you'd like to do that, that uh, just shoot me a message and I can get you out there. We got uh, the, the Chasing Tails blue or white, and we can do three to six inch size decals. My wife bought a really nice uh, machine and she makes them by hand. They're, they're wonderful decals. So, um, and... You know, so we're gonna have a website out here shortly. If there's something you'd like to have on there, shoot me a message. I want that website to be unique and something that you would enjoy. Yeah, guys, we're just we're trying every day to provide some great content for you, and uh, we love you. Thank you for all the feedback. Until next time, I'm Walt. I'm Layton. Y'all be good and shoot straight. See ya. Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.